Welcome to the Scoop and School podcast. Do they worry you at all? Are you worried? Ridiculous, Morgan. My boy. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Your host, Khan. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to week 10 of the college football season. Got a real quick episode for you this week. Uh, I just landed back in New York from Ann Arbor. Fly out to Los Angeles for uh, for work purposes, and I just have a bunch of work to do, um, like real work in general. So uh, need to be quick here. Uh, not a lot of time to get this done. I was thinking about just scrapping the pod uh, entirely for this week, but then I would be accused of ducking the outcome in Ann Arbor over the weekend. Uh, you know, Michigan completely dominating Notre Dame, forty-five to fourteen. Uh, this is a game that was played in a driving rainstorm. That doesn't typically seem to go too well for Notre Dame, whether it's uh, just stubbornly passing the ball over and over and over in an actual hurricane hurricane against North Carolina State or falling behind early just uh, for the comeback to fall short against Clemson or just looking completely inept as they did here against Michigan. Um yeah, I mean, just not a lot to say. This they they couldn't stop the run at all. Uh, you know, Shea Patterson uh, wins this game as the quarterback in a dominating effort in a game where he went six for twelve for a hundred yards. Uh, that's not a knock on Shea Patterson. It's just you know he did what he had to do, um, and and the game plan set up that Michigan did what they had to do despite the weather, and, and they they were able to operate uh, within the parameters of of the situation. Um, and Notre Dame just couldn't. They couldn't get anything going on on the ground. Uh, they certainly couldn't get anything going through the air. And, you know, Brian Kelly said, you know, this could have been a preparation issue. This could have been a game plan issue. It's definitely a something issue. Um, now, granted, I, I've heard some of the other Notre Dame uh, podcasters and writers kind of look at this as something of a referendum on all the progress we think we've seen from Notre Dame since 2016 and, and kind of question, you know, was, was that legitimate progress or are we back to square one? I don't see it that way with Notre Dame uh, at all. I will see as the rest of the season goes along. They've got five more games here, uh, all of which are going to be against opponents that Notre Dame is better than. So if they finish this season 5-0, and get to 10-2, and and look strong throughout the process, I think we're just going to look back at this game as, you know, they they just completely, you know, let let I was going to say crap to the bed. I was looking for uh, a, a more uh, pleasant colloquialism, but I kind of got stuck. So we'll, we'll go with crap to the bed because um, that might be what this was. You know, teams have stinkers. Look at Ohio State over the over the last two seasons. And Notre Dame certainly isn't up at the level of an Ohio State. But even they slip and fall sometimes. And, uh, and you know, hats off to Michigan for building on that second half against Penn State, um, coming in with a plan not being affected by the elements, thriving under them, if anything, and just dominating the game and getting their season back on the right track. Um, you know, but this doesn't need to be two trains passing the night. This doesn't have to be Michigan on the way up and Notre Dame on the way down. This can be a situation where, where both teams go out and play better from here. Um, so we'll just have to see. It's possible that after this Virginia Tech game coming up for Notre Dame, when I'm talking to you next week, 
if if Notre Dame loses outright or or even just looks bad in a win, then maybe yeah, this uh, this there's there's things going in the wrong direction. But I'm not there yet. Uh, one spot that that could be a concern, and it's a spot that's been talked about a little bit, although I've kind of been pumping the brakes on on that kind of conversation, is with quarterback Ian Book. Um, you know, again, I think we're wait and see there. There was talk going into the season that this would be his last season with the program because he'd be uh, exploring the NFL. Um, now there's maybe conversation that this will be his last season with the program because Phil Dracovic behind him uh, would be taking over his starting role next year. So that's how quickly things can change in college football. Um, you know, we, we saw how much things changed through September. Then we saw how much things changed through October. We've got a whole other month here. Uh, to, to see what will, uh, what will change in the college football landscape. But what we do know is that Notre Dame will not be in the playoff picture when the first college football playoff rankings come out. Um, so certainly uh, that's kind of the goal. You want to be in that playoff picture for as long as possible. Well, Notre Dame's playoff dreams died uh, this past Saturday night at Michigan Stadium, but still a lot to play for. Uh, still, you know, want to get to 10-2 and two. Uh, and play in a New Year's Six Bowl. And Michigan has put itself in into a position where I don't think anyone's going to, uh, no one's going to expect them to lose a game until Ohio State. So when it, when it was maybe a little touch and go, and are they going to have trouble with Michigan State? Uh, could any of these lesser teams, uh, like Maryland, for instance, give them any kind of game? I think we can kind of put that to bed, and, uh, and, and they can really uh, focus on building a better season and have, there, there could be a lot of excitement around that Ohio State game at the end of the year, when I think maybe just two weeks ago, everyone was resigned to the fact that that was going to be an absolute blowout. Uh, Of course, I was wrong about uh, what I thought was going to happen in that Notre Dame-Michigan game. I was wrong about almost everything this week. Um, The two places I was right were the two keep-an-eye-on-them games. Uh, I told you to keep an eye on Kansas State. They they beat Oklahoma outright. Uh, They were up huge. Uh, before Oklahoma made a nice comeback uh, in the fourth quarter of that game. But this is what college football is. Um, you know, Oklahoma didn't do anything particularly wrong in this one. Uh, Jalen Hurts threw for 395 yards and a touchdown. Uh, they did have two turnovers, um, so so that certainly can cost you. But this wasn't some some crazy, you know, there was no major fluke. Kansas State just played a great game at home and knocked off the Oklahoma Sooners which makes the playoff picture uh, a little bit more interesting. Uh, you know, could could this help two SEC schools get in? Um, does this reopen the door for Oregon in the Pac-12? Well, Oregon had themselves a problem. I said I wouldn't be shocked to see Washington State give them a game. Um, Washington State did score a touchdown to take the lead in this game with just a minute to go. Um but, of course, at that point, Justin Herbert uh, leads a very quick drive down the field to set up a short game-winning field goal, uh, traveling seven plays and 53 yards in exactly one minute of action. So Oregon avoids the, uh, the major, major upset there, but still uh, you know, good on Mike Leach and his team for, uh, for putting pressure on the Ducks. Washington State falls to one in four in Pac-12 play. It was kind of a weird season for the Cougars there. Um, and this was a game where Washington State had two turnovers. Oregon had none. So again, when we talk about an almost upset, 
Um, certainly no fluke here. Uh, if anything, Oregon is the team that benefited uh, from from the turnover battle. So just a reminder that anything can happen on any given week in college football. Um, aside from that, LSU uh, played a close and gritty game, winning uh, winning against Auburn, twenty three to twenty. I expected this one. Uh, I expected LSU's offense to be able to do more than they did, but Auburn just showed. Uh, their defense is is really legit, um, and with Alabama and LSU both having weaker than typical defenses, um, Auburn probably has the best defense in the entire SEC. So certainly a good performance there. But now at uh, at six and two overall and three and two in the SEC, I think Auburn's just kind of resigned to that really good blank loss team. You know, right now we'll call them that really good two loss team. Uh, uh, I'm sure they're expected to take another one. Obviously, they play in the Iron Bowl at the end of the year. So just looking ahead of their schedule, and they've got Georgia. So we could just be saying, oh, Auburn, that's a really good 8-4 and four team. And we could see them, you know, at 8-4 and four in like number 10, 11, 12 in the country by the end of the year. But uh, I just think that that's what we're going to get from Auburn. They're uh, not enough on offense to, to match what they have on defense. Uh, they'll be good enough to play a lot of teams close, but I doubt... Uh, I doubt we see them have any landscape-shifting wins here. Uh, Ohio State just dominated Wisconsin. You know, this was, uh, they only, it was only 10-0 at halftime. Wisconsin's D kept them in the game. But Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, and company uh, just dominated the second half, winning. Uh, so 38-7 final. They put up 28 points in the second half. Justin Fields is looking awesome um, with with Oklahoma having the misstep against Kansas State. I think Justin Fields has firmly planted himself in the Heisman race. Really, it'll be, uh, I think we're looking at two weeks down the road, Tua versus Joe Burrow. Winner of that game is going to be positioned against Justin Fields, kind of neck and neck uh, going down the stretch. Thing with Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins on his own team has been excellent, and uh and, and Chase Young on the other side of the football playing defensive end for Ohio State, I think anyone would tell you is the best player on that Buckeyes football team. So maybe some competition uh, among his own team could work against Fields there. But I still think just given that we've seen this as a quarterback award, uh, it would be not surprising to see him get a lot of attention in the Heisman race. Penn State uh, went on the road and handled Michigan State 28-7. to Not a lot to say there. Other than the fact that, of course, uh, I was wrong. One game uh, that that I think is worth mentioning: TCU beat Texas, thirty-seven to twenty-seven. This was not a major surprise. Uh, I I'm, I forget who was favored, but it was like a one-point spread either way. But now we're kind of at the point where, do we look at teams who beat Texas? Do we start looking at that win less favorably? It's something that as we get further into the season, all these wins that in our head. You know, back in September, oh, LSU beat Texas at Texas. That's a huge win. Not to take anything away from LSU, that's still a nice win. But, okay, now we have to remember, we have to recalibrate. We can't just, just because it was a big deal in our heads at the time, we need to start recalibrating. Maybe that Texas win for LSU wasn't as good as we thought. You know, for a team like Georgia, maybe that win against Notre Dame, not as good as we thought as we see these teams continue to play more and more. Just something to keep in mind as we as we get into ranking season. That's what the month of November is all about is these rankings. So just something to keep 
in mind going forward. Minnesota knocked off Maryland 52-10, to just continuing the row the boat uh, right up towards a clash with Penn State. Uh, Minnesota stays undefeated there. You know, not a lot else. Oklahoma State uh, went on the road and knocked off a ranked Iowa State team. But just a not, uh, not a lot of other games of note here. And uh, as, we, as we transition to Week 10, first I'll tell you, rentlikeachampion.com, great place to go if you want to rent a house for a college football weekend. You're with your friends. Uh, you don't want to go to a split up, stay in a hotel. That's no fun. So get a house. You can, you know, do some grilling. You can watch TV. It's great. Just rentlikeachampion.com. You will not be upset. Moving quickly here. Got to get some packing done. Got to get some work done. Week 10 is uh, is not the best week I've ever seen. We've got uh, Alabama and LSU both resting for their matchup with each other. A team like Clemson is playing Wofford. Um, so just not uh, right at the top there, not a lot of action. We do have uh, Georgia meeting Florida in Jacksonville, the world's largest outdoor oct- boy, try that one again, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I said uh, either last week or the week before that coming into this game, even though everyone was kind of down on Georgia, I expected them to win this game pretty comfortably. Early line that I'm seeing right now as I look is Georgia minus six. Given the talk surrounding Georgia over the last few weeks, I'm sort of surprised uh, that they that they are that big a favorite. Um, and I, I don't have picks yet uh, for this week. Not that anyone would want them after uh, my terrible performance uh, over the last month or so. But uh, so, so I don't have picks for you yet. I haven't had time to dive into the upcoming matchups or the numbers. But anyway... A little bit surprised that Georgia is is a six-point favorite. Uh, we'll see if it settles in there. That's not to say that I don't like them giving the points. I do think uh, that they're just really, they're the more mature team. And, and on all sides of the ball, uh, I do expect them to go in there and remind everyone in a week where, you know, uh, with, with last week with, with Oklahoma going down, maybe opening the door a little bit for Georgia to sneak back into that playoff picture, um, I would... Uh, I would think that this is George's chance to remind everyone, hey, we're still here uh, and we are, uh, we're one of the very best teams in the country. I think Georgia should knock off Florida in that one. Utah, number nine in the country at this point, travels to Washington. And uh, this is an important game because Utah and USC are going to be battling for the Pac-12 South championship. Um, I... USC is likely to drop a game somewhere. Uh, they play Oregon, and just with the injuries uh, throughout that roster, uh, they are likely to drop a game. So Utah, if they win out, they're going to be good to go. But the thing is, if Utah loses a game somewhere, they U, USC holds that tiebreaker because of the head-to-head win with Utah. This is one of uh, this is one of the Utes' toughest games remaining, heading to Seattle to play Washington. Um, a little surprised here, Utah. I'm seeing early line uh, three and a half point favorite uh, going on the road. We saw Oregon successfully go and win at Washington. I'm not so sure that uh, you know. I this is still a good Washington team. Uh, they're five and three overall, two and three in the conference right now. I don't see them just rolling over, going to two and four in conference. Um, so I think Washington's going to give Utah a good game. I would not be surprised to see them pull the outright upset here 
and 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 knock Utah off the top of that Pac-12 South rankings. Um, so we will see about that. But I, I guess I would be an early lean towards the Huskies in that game. Um, SMU. Oh, and I mentioned, of course, that that Oregon USC game is this week. Um, so this week is going to tell us a lot uh, about about the Pac-12 race. If USC can win that game, then we can pretty much wrap up the uh, the Oregon USC rematch in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, especially especially if Washington knocks off Utah. Um, but of course, if USC loses, uh, then then we'll see what Washington and Utah do in that one. But basically, we'll we'll have a much clearer picture uh, in the Pac-12 South at the end of this week. But I would not be expecting USC to win that game. Just too many injuries on both sides of the ball in that one. And Oregon uh, Oregon seems to really have things humming uh, with with their eye on the playoff at this point. Um, I would say the other best game of, uh, and it's actually the, I'm seeing now it's the 7:30 ABC primetime game, SMU and Memphis in, uh, in a big matchup in the American, uh, this could go a long way towards determining who gets that group of five new year six spot. Uh, SMU is, is eight. No Memphis seven and one, you know, Mike Norvell doing a great job, uh, with, with Memphis while Sonny Dykes doing a great job. With SMU, <sighs> tough to pick one here. I guess I will take the Memphis Tigers at home in this one. Um, they seem they seem to play like a lot of Friday and Friday night games. So I I feel like I've watched a bunch of Memphis home games over the last two three years, and they just they always seem to be killing whoever they're playing when they play a home game. So I will uh, I will take Memphis uh, to to knock off. SMU ending their undefeated season uh, in prime time this coming Saturday. Uh, aside from that, you know, not a, not a lot to say about Notre Dame Virginia Tech. We'll just see uh, we'll see how they bounce back because this is an important week um, to prove that you know to prove that they belong among the top fifteen, top twelve, top ten going forward, um, and and. That they're not just, you know, they they weren't just a product of of playing a week schedule to date, because when you look at it, that kind of they they've lost to the two best teams they've played, uh, they've beaten everyone else, although no one's particularly good. Virginia's okay, Louisville's okay, USC's okay, but they haven't beaten a good team. Virginia Tech would not qualify as a good team, uh, but they're okay. So it's just another test that that Notre Dame needs to uh, needs to clear. Uh, in route to, to accomplishing their goals this season. That's uh, that's about it. Sorry for the short pod. Just again, not a ton to talk about this coming week, and I just don't have time to talk to you. So uh, with that, enjoy your weekend, and uh, and I'll talk to you next week. That concludes the Scoop and School podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.